0: Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to the first episode of The McMaken Show. Today, we're going to be talking to Ian Salazar. Woo! Woo! So, how's it going, Ian?
1: It's going good.
0: Good, good. Yeah. So, you are a man of many, many uh, hats. And you're also in several different bands, and you're also a music producer, mainly in the Dallas and Austin areas. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm in a couple bands, and then I'm a music producer in the Dallas-Austin area.
0: What bands are you in? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I play bass in a band called Acid Carousel, and then um, I have my own like band called Magic Taylor, where I write the majority of the music and I play guitar and I, I sing uh, and I record most of the the music for that project. And then I have a solo project, which is just like you have to like you know th- you have to have <laughs> another creative outlet for some stuff. It's like creative procrastination. Uh, and then I play drums with Scarlett Samillo, and I, I'm her producer as well. She's uh, my homie, my girl.
0: You guys just dropped a track uh, today, the day that the podcast is being recorded. Yeah, yeah,
1: we did. Yeah, Take Her Down. It's on Spotify. Go stream Streaming. It's with Cure for Paranoia. It's pretty cool.
0: It is pretty cool. So, yeah. It's also on Bandcamp, Apple Music.
1: Spotify. Spotify. All, all the goodies. All the good ones. Maybe, maybe even SoundCloud.
0: Yeah, who's to say? Skinny and I are... <laughs> Good friends. I've worked with him a couple times on some of Scarlet stuff and on various film projects, uh, with some of his friends, some of my friends. Uh, we go back about a year.
1: Yeah. When did we meet? Oh yeah. The like, Pegasus Gallum. You're yeah, so the Pegasus That's the And then but we like officially like met met at uh, Emily Miller's film. Oh the Food fr- for, for the Fruitcake Cake film. No, that's right. That so was, like been... I r- I recognized you and I was like, I know her.
0: Yeah, I produce a film festival, um, well, I have been for the past two years, I don't know if I'm going to do it again this year, called Pegasus Film Festival in the Dallas area. Um, It's a festival for high school kids, and we had a gala one year where Ian played with um, one of our filmmakers, Bob Cummins. And I remember you were playing some music before the show started, and it was an immortal orchestra. And Bob hadn't heard of them yet. And oh. I remember I was like, oh, dude, I love this band, Sick Choice. And you're like, yeah, I love this. And Bob was like, who is this? And I was like, I feel so cool right now <laughs> if Bob Cummins doesn't know a song, and I do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, Oh, no, milk that for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. No. I knew about Umo before Bob did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then again on Emily Miller set for The Fruitcake. I don't know when that's going to be done edited. Are Soon. we ever going to see that?
1: We have to, like, do ADR or something. Oh. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: We shot that in the dead of winter.
1: Oh, it, it was, was like... so cold. Oh, my God. It, w- it was like 20 degrees outside <sighs> with, like, a wind from the north, man. It was... It was pretty uncomfortable. It, it was it was pretty bad.
0: I remember my feet were frozen, and we kept a couple cars running outside. Just just for like, just so we could duck in and take yeah. turns. And I was boom hopping, but I couldn't I couldn't feel my hands. Dude. And then this past summer, we shot a, a film in the dead of summer. And it, and it, was and it was
1: hot as so fuck, dude. hot, so hot. So
0: many mosquitoes too. I still yeah. have bites all over my legs. Really? Yeah, Damn. it's not very pretty.
1: I I just remember sweating a
0: lot. Yeah, it was hot.
1: Getting moist.
0: I oh, I hate that word. Moist. 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 Let's <laughs> we'll turn this into ASMR. Hey. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. So today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just like eating Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh, no, I like, can't I, stand I, I hate that. like
1: all the eating sounds videos.
0: I can't stand. If, if Even if I'm sitting in the living room with my parents and they're eating dinner, I can't sit too close to them because I cannot stand that sound.
1: I've, I've never had a problem with that, but I, I definitely like... If someone's like chewing or like smacking I'm like mm. really? <laughs> really?
0: It makes me want to vomit. I can't do it. <laughs>
1: really. Uh I've I've never like had an issue with it. But.
0: As a sound guy, do you find um you're dealing with a lot of bodily fluid noises ever or cutting them out or toning them down?
1: Sometimes. I I usually like to leave it in cuz I I feel like that's like a <clears throat> it's like I mean, the human element. Right. Uh no, but really like it, it's sometimes cool to keep it in if it's like if it enhances a vibe or something yeah. like I, I usually with vocalists, I don't want to like mess around with what they've laid down. Like I really like to keep it like a really raw, like natural take. Mm-hmm. If there's a really loud breath or like an audible, like spit noise, like I'll, I'll take it out, you know, I'll, I'll edit it out. But I I kind of like to have all the, the imperfections in there too. Cause I feel like it's what kind of makes the song, the song. Right. So it, it's fun to mess around with it, but it just kind of changes. Sometimes you have a vocalist that's like, really up on it and really spitty and then other times someone that like doesn't hardly even breathe so yeah it's just it's interesting so. to
0: deal with all of that yeah good jazz so what is your very first memory of music i want to start all the way at the beginning are you in the womb are you very young is it at your dad's studio <coughs> because your dad produced for a really long time
1: yeah i mean I, I know music has been in my life forever. Like, my mom would tell me that she, when she'd go to see my dad play at clubs or something, like, she could feel my feet kicking to the rhythm of, of the song. Wow! And so, like, from an early, like, before I was even born, my parents were like, he's probably going to be a musician of some kind. And it it's, I think it just runs in my family, like, on mm-hmm. my dad's side, like, my, uh, my dad's a musician and a producer, and then my uncle was, like, a renowned, like, saxophone player in the One O'Clock Lab Band at UNT, like, just bonkers, and then uh my, my uncle on my mom's side is a great guitar player as well. Uh and then a bunch of people on my mom's family are like Irish like bagpipe musicians from the Highlands yeah. and, and Ireland and stuff. Way back in the day. So um my first like conscious memory of music was probably hearing my dad play or but see I don't remember that. Like I know I'm sure that mm-hmm. was there, but the first memory I have was either seeing a video of my dad playing in one of his early bands or seeing Led Zeppelin at Kelly's Last Stand live at Nebworth in like How 1979. You? Very young. Like yeah. I don't even remember, but like that moment of like my, my dad brought home like the Zeppelin DVD. And Ooh. I'd never heard of Led Zeppelin. I was like three or four at the time. And he put in, he's like, you got to check out this song. And so my whole family like gathered on the couch at like midnight one night cause I couldn't sleep or something. And he played that. And it was just like, my job was on the floor and I was like, this is the most incredible thing i've ever like i like this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my life like Whoa. this is what i want to do and then from that day on like i was like i want to i want to make music and i want to be a musician and so from literally from that moment on it's like that's what it's I've It's yeah, always been music. Yeah, it's been that
0: moment for you, that defining moment. This is what this is.
1: Yeah, and and it's really cool when I get to feel that moment again because I like I'll never forget the way I felt when I when I saw like that the Achilles Last Stand thing when mm-hmm. I when I knew, but like when I go to see like a band like White Denim, which I saw White Denim last night, I'm seeing them tonight again because I'm, I'm a freak, <laughs> but like seeing them live gives me that feeling. Like I I like posted on Facebook, it was like. Every time I see white in them, I remember why I fell in love with music. Or it feels like I fall in love with music <laughs> all over again, and it really does. Like I, I feel that feeling of like, oh my god, like I, this is just too much to handle, and that's like, the reason you start doing it because it's like this yeah. indefinable or undefinable quality of of whatever. But uh, I digress. Yeah. You
0: digress. That's the point <laughs> of this. That's what. That's what we want. We yeah. Digress as much as you possibly. Cool. Feel like. Sick. It, everything's on on the table this. <laughs> so when did you first pick up uh an instrument or did you start singing first like in the shower what, what was that for you
1: um i didn't start singing until much later in my like in my life i started playing guitar um i got my first guitar when i was five maybe uh for wow. christmas and it's it early. Was, yeah i i mean i couldn't play i would i would strum the strings and and pretend to you know hit notes i i'd been doing that on my dad's guitar since i was like a Wee child was like <laughs> i I played as a lefty when i was like three years old which i don't play lefty now i'm a righty but um <laughs> i would just strum and that's all i would do and so um i like learned my first song though i think i was like seven years old seven. i learned uh when i come around by green day oh, from uh I love that. this is like very like god it must have been like 2002 2003 like, this is very 2003, like, they had, like, the guitar lessons, like, on demand, on, oh, like, yeah. on cable, on, like, Comcast, Oh my gosh. and one of the lessons was the lesson for When I Come <laughs> Around by Green Day, and so I learned it, like, on a TV, some guy teaching me, and it was, like, the first song that I ever learned, and then that led to my, like, love with Green Day as, like, a, a seven-year-old, like, Want to be punk?
0: All <laughs> like, oh, angsty. Oh, it's man. like those Twitter memes about like an little angsty, girl laying like with her hand ex- in the pool. Exactly,
1: like, an angsty like you know second grader like, man, school sucks. School <laughs> is lame, dude. I hate school. <laughs>
0: life is just a bunch of disappointment. Authority
1: sucks. <laughs> yeah, oh
0: God, that's so funny. So did you ever do um, like guitar lessons or anything like that, or was it always just through your dad and, it was, and teaching yourself?
1: I mean, I I did guitar lessons again later in my life. When I mean, there's like a point where. There, there were things I wanted to learn that I couldn't yeah. teach myself and my dad didn't really know. But a lot of it was like self-taught. A lot of it was just playing and like discovering things on your own, which I think is like a really important thing for young musicians to do. Like it's hard for some people, like yeah. you have to be really driven to seek out that sort of stuff, but learning on your own and, you know, getting help here and there. Like my dad is a just incredible finger style guitar player. And so he would teach me a lot of stuff and, and, you know push me in the right directions and stuff um but yeah a lot of it was just like listening to people and playing along with records you know i i discovered mm-hmm. bands and would you know fall in love with their guitar sounds or whatever and i would just want to learn what they were doing and unlock the secrets and so a lot of it was like listening and figuring out how to what play exactly that yeah was. what like what I- what are you doing okay and like sometimes i would never figure it out and i'd have to go on like ultimate and i've
0: been on that website a lot recently
1: yeah it's you know
0: right but yeah learning various songs and stuff so you learned green day first yeah what was the first song where you're like i have to show everybody that i know how to play this were you ever that guy like in middle school who's brought their guitar to lunch and was like
1: i was never that guy. i i knew kids like that i was i was never that guy though i i i made fun of kids like that
0: Classic Ian fashion. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm such a dick. Um, (laughs) Well, there was this one kid that like would do that. He he would play "Desperado" by the Eagles on his guitar. It was like really out of tune. And they were like, like every day at lunch, me and my friends were like, "Oh man," and like, "Dude, you should like go up and say something." I'm like, "No, I don't want to be a jerk. Like, let the kid like have his fun." But there was like one day where like he had been like talking bad about me or something. Like, "Oh, Ian's not that good." And so I went Oof. up to him and I was like, hey, man, can I see your guitar for a minute? <laughs> I, like, tuned it for him. And then I, like, played some song I wrote or something. And, like, all these girls came around. I'm like, hey, man, here's your guitar back. And, like, this crowd of people, like, walked off with me. And I was like, I'm so cool right now. Like, I'm I'm 13 and I'm cool. <laughs> as but cool as you can be at age yeah, 13. at age 13 in Arlington, Texas at a public, uh, I guess, junior high school. So
0: I love that. Public school is a weird place.
1: Did you go to public school growing up at all? My
0: whole life, yeah, yeah. I I grew up in Frisco, so the schools there okay. are good. The elementary school is a block from my house. The middle school is yeah, another no, block. Like, high school is a block from that.
1: Really? Yeah. That's great.
0: Thank God I didn't go to that high school though. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would have been like. Thank God I got into art school. Yeah.
1: It. <laughs> I'm. I will say like I I you know I auditioned to go to Booker T my sophomore year as an out of district kid which yeah. was like the mistake the, the the chance to get in was like.
0: Slim Literally,
1: like, as slim to none as you could get. Um, and so I had to go to public school for my high school. And it, honestly, like, I'm kind of glad because it, it, it turned me into, like, a, a different person. And I think, like, I was, like, maybe a, a big fish in a in a small pond rather than yeah. being, like, a tiny fish in a huge pond. right? And so it definitely pushed me to be more creative and, and uh, made me see other viewpoints with people you know like just human interaction and like uh dealing with dealing with people exactly Exactly. people that aren't like I'm an art kid I like (laughs) I do I love Mondrian I love bourgeois
0: they say like I love Van Gogh I
1: love (laughs) (laughs) I love Van Gogh Van Gogh (laughs) but yeah no I it was like I like uh P Diddy like Cool man. Cool. Sick. I, you know, I love Sean Mendez. Do you want to record a Sean Mendez cover or do you wanna record an Odell cover for me? And it's like
0: there's none of I that guess... thing around it, that bubble of like, oh, you're just a poser. You don't uh, know what you're talking exactly. about.
1: Exactly. Oh, Sean Mendez? No, I don't I don't do pop. You know, it was like <laughs> it was good practice and it was like good to like meet different people and like learn from them and learn how to interact with them. And now it's like I feel like because of that I'm I'm really good at like interacting with whoever comes into my studio or whoever yeah. i'm playing a show with or something it's you, you can you find ways to find common ground with everyone being in like an environment that's maybe not super conducive super conducive to creativity mm-hmm. but uh I, th- I like to think i made the best out of a bad situation yeah, and it turned sure. out to be a pretty good situation because i met a lot of really good good people from high school and i still keep in touch with uh a few of them so
0: yeah i think if you find your people it doesn't really matter where you are exactly and, and i think the the big pit fish in a little pond thing is super interesting too because yeah. that's how i felt for um middle school and elementary yeah, school i was the actor i was the theater I, kid. Was, I
1: was the music kid i was the weird like like everyone that like I, you know I, everyone knew sort of knew who i was like yeah. you know my freshman year i wore corduroy like bell bottoms Hell and yeah. like 70s band t-shirts and i had my oh, hair sad. down and i would like try to like grow up my sideburns and stuff and like people knew who i was just because like oh there's you're that different. there's that fucking freak <laughs> there's that kid and everyone that like got to know me would always be like man i thought you were like really weird i used to think you were really weird you're like a really you're a really cool dude and i'm <laughs> like thank you
0: is that a compliment and i was like i'm not really sure
1: okay but yeah so being in that environment like everyone kind of thinks you're weird and so you're like the weird kid you're the you're which the outcast kid fun. which I like.
0: <laughs> it was, no it was awesome for Everyone, me. Everyone
1: yeah like I used to hear people complain like I'm such an outcast. I'm like, yeah, that's tight. That's no, really cool. Awesome.
0: I always I always say like I see kids sitting alone at lunch like at the art school and I'm like, how how are you an outcast at art school?
1: Exactly. How, you're
0: doing that you, to yourself. Yeah, yeah, you must that's be
1: purposeful. like like weird.
0: You must be really weird. We got some we got some furries that like tails <laughs> that walk around and you know to each their own. Mm-hmm. To each their because then you meet that different caliber of weird kid. It's just a whole nother level. Not only are they ostracized normally, but then you're ostracized at art school. That's a whole nother thing.
1: For sure. So I gotta send a quick message you're good. about these fucking tickets.
0: All good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta go see White Denim if that's how I they make to. you feel. That's 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 the key. You gotta find that thing. And I think, for me also, going to a place where I was a little fish i think i think it just depends on maybe when i guess what your path was because for you being the big fish was really conducive to creativity for Mm me it was also because i was made fun of for being ambitious so i was just extra ambitious and just did the craziest most outlandish thing Mm -hmm. but then i proved myself i could be the big fish again in the huge sea no for sure and so it just i you know you find your path and whatever it ends up being like you do it
1: no for sure yeah i feel that
0: yeah um Okay, so in high school, you, you, so you were doing different pop covers and things. When did you find kind of a, a rock outfit that maybe fit you, or, or did you not find that until much later?
1: Um, I mean, that was sort of my music. I feel like um, I was in like a really like shitty revivalist psychedelic band in high school called Black Vega, and so I like, spent a lot of time recording that project uh, with the guys in the band and stuff um black vega black was vega, will man. farrier
0: in that? yeah will Ferrier. Oh, okay that's that. why i've heard that name yeah
1: good old good old Will Ferrier. good dude miss him um yeah I, I don't know like a lot of the rock stuff that i was doing were like that was more my scene was just my music and mm-hmm. that's what i would be making and, and recording and mixing and stuff and i was a terrible mix engineer in high school and, <laughs> but um like, I really wanted to work with other people, and there was no one that really wanted to do rock. Like, I had a friend named Graham who wanted to do, like, the sort of pop R&B stuff, and that's when we did, like, the Shawn Mendes cover and the Adele cover. And Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't, like, necessarily what I wanted to do, but it was so necessary, and I feel like it was just practice. You know, Things it was you practice for, like... every style. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't want to be good at every style. I want to pick a few and be really good at those, because you, you can't be good at everything. Right. But, um
0: too much energy
1: yeah i mean i had a few people come in and do like acoustic songs and then you know i'd have friends in town like jonah smith who lives in new york he'd come into town and he'd come over and hang out and we'd write a, write and record a song together and it'd be like this like kind of folky like just psyche thing mm-hmm. but i mean i guess i like found my like rock people just yeah at a later time they they, they came in a little later so
0: how did you go about meeting people? Because I don't know much about the music scene in Arlington, but especially finding there, there is none. new music and things like that. Like, I was just listening to a, an interview with Kim Deal, and she said the way you found music was someone lived on the East Coast and sent tapes back to your hometown, and they got passed around to the boxes were worn away. And obviously we have the internet now, so yeah. how did you kind of find what fit you the best? Was it your dad's music that you kind of, like, went into and then went down a hole that way?
1: You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's, that's a tough one. Um, (laughs) it's just sort of like, you just kind of figure things out. You know, you, you hear about bands, you hear about new music from whatever way, like your friends tell you to check out this band or, oh, my favorite producer produced this band. I should check out their record or, oh, this guy from this band is now doing this project. I want to check it out. Um, I don't know, like, I heard about Sam Evian from, like, Jonah, who lived in New York, and mm-hmm. Sam Evian was, like, like very small. He had just released his first record on Saddle Creek, and, like, very, just a very quiet release, like, no one really knew about him, and I fell in love with his music, or a band like Here We Go Magic, uh, or Big Thief, where it's just, like, you kind of hear through the grapevine, like, you should check out this band, or, like, mm-hmm. on, on Facebook, like, an ad will say, check out this new thing, or... yeah. Um,
0: or a friend opens for them. Exactly. That's how I found Big Thief.
1: Exactly, yeah. Or, um, let's think, like, uh, I'm drawing a blank, um, like Whitney or something, like, I just kind of stumbled upon Whitney. Like, I, I was, yeah. like, walking around Deep Ellum, and I heard this music coming from Club Dada, and I was like, who's that? And, I, me, and me and my buddy Jonah walked in, and we're like, oh, it's Whitney. And we're like, it's pretty cool. I
0: like this.
1: It's just like, yeah, you, you kind of, it's, it's weird, like, I don't know. The internet's made it much easier. Like, Discover Weekly, too, on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes there's nothing I like, and then other times it's like, this is incredible. So
0: Different algorithms. Yeah. It's weird how the algorithms are predicting my taste.
1: I don't know if I like it or not. Like, I, I don't know whether to be scared or not.
0: Yeah, it's super helpful in one aspect because I I'll pump out a sixty five song playlist at least once a month, mm-hmm. and then at the same time it's like what am I scanning over? And <clears if> there's <throat> this much input coming in, especially from Discover Weekly. Yeah, I don't know. It's... And what is the is the input to help the consumer or the well, artist, I mean, or is it yeah. for the bigger what, the, is it, the is is label? It the, yeah, exactly. Is Comcast involved? Because God knows if Comcast is involved. Oh, man. That, that I don't know. the I... machine. <laughs> oh
1: God. <laughs> I discovered some like some great stuff and I was like this was pretty good. Like uh Kate Lebon. I like rediscovered Kate Lebon because of Discover Weekly. And I was like god this is so good. Like she's <laughs> so good. That that album Mug Museum if you haven't heard it. Everyone you should listen to it. It's pretty good.
0: What do you look for in in I guess it's different with every band, but when you're looking for maybe how you formulate your own critique of a record what are things that you're really tuning in for
1: I don't know and I think that's what kind of makes it special like I don't know what about music makes me so happy
0: And when it comes up is that when it sparks and you're like oh I really like this about it
1: I but I don't know what it is like (laughs) like there's just something like I'll hear a song I'm like I like that I'm like but why do I like that it's something like my dad tells me I like really pretty music. I like really beautiful you melodic music. You do like music. beautiful music. And and like my dad likes really heavy riffy music. He loves a good guitar riff. We and love uh a good riff. we love a good riff. We
0: love a good riff here. <laughs> 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 oh, we do have fun here.
1: Um but I don't know. I there's I I really don't know what about it like gets me off like just like really makes me like feel it, you know? Yeah. It's it's interesting. It, it's uh it's weird.
0: Within your yeah. own projects, do you find yourself trying to recreate things you've heard? I mean, obviously, through the, your subconscious, you're recreating things you've heard. Absolutely. But do you hear something, and then once you pick it out, maybe you're recording something, and you're like, oh, this was really like that, or do you find it comes more the chicken or the egg first?
1: Man, I don't know. Um,
0: Is it always different?
1: It's always different, but there have definitely been times where I've like been listening to a song and been like... God, that is so cool. Like I need to do something like that. And then I'll yeah. write a song or try to sit down and like come up with something similar to that. And there have been a few times where I've like totally ripped people off and like not trying to, not intending right. to, but then you listen back to like what you've recorded and you're like, Oh, that's uh
0: That's a hundred percent Wilco, right that's, there. <laughs> that's that's an
1: Andy Schaaf song. Like that's like that's happened. I've been like, Oh, that's why I've heard this progression. Oh, that's I... why I've heard this song structure before. Oh, great but awesome. um i think like those, those songs you they kind of weed themselves out i feel like if mm-hmm. if it's not totally inspired on the front end when you're writing it you're gonna have you're gonna doubt it when you're recording it and you're not gonna believe in it because you're always gonna be like in the back of your head like i didn't write this like yeah. i kind of like i know i ripped this off and you're like and even if if you're not aware that like you ripped it off you just like your, your conscious mind will or your subconscious mind will just
0: Absorb it and just push it's, it right back out. It's,
1: it's like it's weird. No, it like you. You won't believe in it for whatever weird reason because it didn't come from your heart, and so no. it's you have trouble believing in it if you've ripped something off or you've stolen like a, a melody line or something. And so, I mean, I know a lot of people steal music from other people and steal like ideas and vibes, but um and get away with it. But for me, I just like I have a guilty conscience and I can't like i just can't do it out. yeah it it totally weeds itself out and the songs that really mean something are always the songs that stay so and i'm sure i've ripped people off and believed in it and then realized like oh no like <laughs> damn it <Fuck. laughs> it's awful yeah i'm sure it's happened but
0: do you find that when you're producing when you're recording a band if the vibe in the room is maybe super negative, but the song is oh, supposed man. to be super positive. Does that always come across, or if you're oh. good enough at mixing it, can you weed it out?
1: Never, never. No. Uh, d- I mean, the, if the a band
0: b- argues, can you feel it in the song?
1: Oh, absolutely. If if the band is uncomfortable, you can feel it. If if they've had a, a bad lunch, you can Ooh. feel it. Like literally, like you can feel everything, and that's why, like, uh, I feel like. A lot of young producers kind of overlook some of the like really important things. Very like a small. good a good recording is not about your microphone. It's not about your preamps. It's not about the mix. It it always starts with the vibe in the room, the musicians, uh, the instruments they're playing, the just the mood, mm-hmm. everything. That's like, in my opinion, one of the most important things. A mix can enhance that, and you can do some really cool sonic things with the mix. But it's strictly sonic. You can't mi- You can't like. Catch no a good vibe. Post. Yeah. There's no fixing a good vibe in post. You know, you yeah. can add spring reverb and I'm sure it makes it vibier. <laughs> but that doesn't like I don't know, I it too many people I think rely on the mix and think like, Oh I need a good microphone and oh how are your drum mics set up and oh it's like you can make a good recording with just about anything, you know? And mm-hmm. you sh- I think a good engineer, like and then sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. So it goes like the vibe in the room, the musicians the overall just like feeling and then the instruments you're playing. That's really important. The type of drum set, the type of cymbals, the way the drums are tuned, the guitar, the the pickups in the guitar, the amp, how loud the amp is, how much reverbs on the amp, what kind of strings you have mm. and then it comes to like microphones and where you put your microphones and stuff. And it's um I think a lot of people overlook that and think about, oh, it's all in the mix and it's all we can just fix it in post and like so much of it is so important to get on the front end yeah. you know like catching that vibe and you know I I think like that's the most important thing you should be able to make a, a good recording with with eight ats with you know a cassette you know you yeah. it really the sonics are are not important in, in my opinion and I love mixing I love microphones and I love gear as you could probably see and oh for I, sure i love i love compression and i love reverb and delay and running you know vocals or drums through guitar pedals i love making weird shit but if it's not good on the front end then it's it's almost like not fun to do all that stuff yeah. you know you you got to no point adding yeah you got to make the the musicians excited you know you got to find a way to like make them excited about this track and if that means taking my drum set into my living room and setting microphones up and putting a bunch of baffles everywhere and getting this really loud open drum sound and then all the band coming in and going, "Dude, oh my god." <laughs> and then going in and getting like the best take ever. That's what it means. And yeah. I mean, that's like that's the fun of it cuz it, like if they're excited then I'm excited. And yeah. and you know, you got you kind of play off of each other. So
0: So your your parents are obviously very supportive mm-hmm. and your dad was in music uh-huh. and and um, we've talked about this. When I pitched the idea of the podcast to Ian, we were shooting a film, and he said, give me a test question. <laughs> and it was, we had been shooting since 1 p.m., and it was maybe 3 in the It was morning. like 3 or
1: 4 in the morning. Man, we were was...
0: outside, <sighs> like sitting on a ping pong table even. Yeah. And and we just went in on this. So we've already kind of covered this. If So if it seems rehearsed. Fabricated. Fabricated. It kind of is. So do you ever did you ever think to yourself maybe I'm just following in my dad's footsteps or maybe this is inauthentic to me? Um.
1: Yeah, I've I think I felt that way, and I I mean I always get over it, and I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, of course I'm not. But I mean, it's kind of weird how it's happened, you know. Like, yeah. uh, I didn't intend to become a producer and do like exactly what my, excuse me, what my dad did, um. That's just kind of how it happened, I guess. Um, it's it's really weird. It's really interesting. Um, I've never, like, felt like I'm, like, doing the exact same thing he's doing, but it's definitely, like, sometimes I'm, like, am I my dad? Like, am I, am I, am am I, my I dad? turning into my dad? Yeah, it's, dad. like, so, do I have back hair yet? Like, am I, <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I my dad yet? Am I losing my hair? But um, I don't know. It's never been, like, a really, like, thick issue for me. Like, oh, my God. And if I do become my dad, that's fine. I like my dad. He's cool. (laughs) He's cool. Yeah. My dad was
0: texting me about this. And he was like, can you give Donald Trump a shout out on the podcast? No. I said, I respectfully decline. He said, can I call in? Will you call me when you're recording? And I was like, I don't think so. We're not really set up for that format (laughs) yet. Sorry. No. Dad, if you're listening to this down the road, I apologize. But I'm not supporting an agenda either way. Yeah. Yeah, dads. Dads are weird. I think about the relationships people have with their dads often. Because I think it's always so different. Generally, you you assume your relationship with a mom is generally very nurturing, very happy. But with dads, it's always something. Something's always off. It's weird.
1: It's really weird. Yeah. Um, A lot of people have, like, daddy issues. and A lot of people don't have a dad. And it's like.
0: What's the thing with dads? What is it about dads? Dads kind
1: of suck. Like, some dads are great. But like a lot of dads really suck. Like, my relationship with my dad is is pretty solid. Like, he's he's like a very nurturing father, and he's kind of always like we're very similar. We're like kind of too similar. So um, me and like both of my parents were like just so similar. Oh yeah, it's I kinda, love your parents. Yeah, no, they're great. I run great. into
0: them at gigs all the time. They're,
1: they're awesome.
0: I'm like, hey guys, how are you?
1: <laughs> they're always happy to see people. I mean, I, I don't know, my. I, we're, we're, we're so similar sometimes that it's like kind of bad like um my dad like was a producer in LA for for a while and worked with a lot of like not necessarily big names but has like a couple like gold records from shit he's done in, in LA and, and even in Dallas but um um
0: you're too similar to your oh name. yeah we're too similar yeah yeah <laughs> so
1: sometimes I'll like ask him about production or something and he'll like tell me what to do and then our relationship is really weird. Like our, our banter and our dynamic is so strange. Sometimes <laughs> like people are like, do you and your dad like hate each other? Like, no, we love each other so much
0: that it's, kind that of it's like, it's like,
1: it comes off as we're just like very like, okay, cool. Like very businesslike. And then we'll hang out when I don't have like a serious question and it's, it's awesome. And we'll just have fun and talk. But like, we're very, we're both very businesslike in mm-hmm. a business setting. And it's like very like, bam, 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 get it done. Like, this like very serious like, no bullshit, yeah. and and you know that that yeah, I, yeah. I get like that when I'm in a work mode and that's,
0: you totally get f- so focused hyper focused and that's when people think are, like think you're pretentious think I'm pretentious and it's and really they just, just don't like, know you well enough yeah I'm just
1: I'm just trying really hard to like get my shit done oh yeah especially being in like Scarlet's band or something where like I I've you know been playing and performing in dallas like pretty much my whole life yeah and these guys are like brand new to it and so i'm trying to help them them but it totally comes off as like oh you guys know what you're doing and i'm really just trying to like guide them but be like really business-like about it and be really professional about it and just get it done as -hmm. fast as we can and like just try to be like a a helpful person but it, it always just ends up being like Let's get a dick and I'm like no I'm, I'm just trying to help
0: well you're very young you're you're 20 but you have so much experience
1: I guess <laughs> you no know, you
0: do so like but no, ma- part of what it. makes me so interested in you as a person as one of my friends that inspires me so much is your ability to mentor these up-and-coming bands almost so you're kind of the first step for a lot of these people. Yeah. When they start getting into taking music seriously, they come to you and then you teach them how you promote yourself. And and this is what a good vibe, like something about the vibe needs to be there. Yeah.
1: I'm really lucky to be able to do that. Like I I take a lot of uh, pride in in being able to to help these kids because I was the same way. and, And I, I mean, I definitely had people there to help me, but I never had someone there to help me like I kind of had to figure it out on my own mm-hmm. and so to be able to give back to the same community that I was in and still am in it's like it's super gratifying and it's super fun for me to like watch these kids progress and like you know you produce a band's record and then you go see them six months later and it's like man these guys are kicking ass right now you know like yeah. a band like Hall Johnson where they came in they they knew their sound they they pretty much knew their sound but they hadn't fully realized it until we started recording and now they're just like, they're just they're like tearing off. it up, dude. They're tearing it the fuck up.
0: That beach fossil show, dude. Like, wow.
1: I wasn't there, but I heard about it, and it was like, Crazy. amazing. Yeah. No, I mean they they really like. I've seen them a few times before. Well, I saw them a few times before I I like started recording them, and just I mean I I shouldn't say like I wasn't into them, but I was like these guys are good. Yeah, these guys, yeah sure, and then like. Once we had some stuff recorded and started working again, it was like I, I saw them again. I was like, oh man, like these, <laughs> these guys know what they, they they know exactly what they want to do now, and so it's really cool to, to see that and like, not necessarily be like I I help them do that, but it's just like it's cool to see like your f- your buddies do that. Yeah, I'm like a proud father.
0: Yeah, it's like a really
1: <laughs> weird thing. I'm like, oh look at these kids. Look at them. Good for you guys.
0: And they're the nicest guys. Yeah, too. no, they, much love to Hall Johnson. That's
1: a that's a big. Thing with like producing people because it's like you produce them it's like you're they're your best friends now like you spend so much time and you spend you spend so much time on like a very vulnerable and creative energy yeah like so much creative energy so much like collaboration on a very vulnerable subject in a lot of oh, these yeah. songs it's like you know when whenever like we're doing a vocal take or something I'll always talk to the vocalist and I'm like, if we're like not getting what we want and mm-hmm. it's like just like not really feeling right I'm like hey like it's like, let's take a fiver and we'll go get, like, water if you know, maybe I have smoke or something. And it's like, hey, like, what is this song about? I'll just kind of shoot the sh- shoot the shit. I'll be like, what's this song about? And they usually tell me, I'm like, huh, okay, well, let's go do it again. And then we get in the booth or get in the room and we're like, I'm like, hey, channel what you felt when you're writing this song. Like, try to... Try to think that way. You know, Put yourself in that headspace that you were in when you wrote the song, when you felt that way. It means you were really happy. Let's do it. If it means your girlfriend just broke up with you and showed up to another show of yours with her new boyfriend, dude. Gotta get and that in. The next take. Like with Mila from Hall Johnson, like I think the first or second night we were recording, I think it was the first night, uh, I was like, what is this song about? And he was telling me, I was like, channel that. And we had done like ten vocal takes, and I was like, kind of splicing them together, and yeah. I was like, I really think we can do way better than this. And uh, literally, the next take after that is the take that's on the record, like one take. It was perfect, and I was like, Hell there it yeah. is. Like there, there it is. Do you and always
0: know when it's the right take?
1: Normally, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty. I, I like <laughs> like like. There's there's a certain thing where it hits like something. You're like like that that feels good. That's it. Yeah, and and sometimes mm-hmm. it might be like let's do a couple more just to be safe, but you always mark that one as being like that's that's the one that that we should use. And you can do that on digital cuz you Excuse me. You, you don't got to like, waste tape. Yeah, it's like you don't have to be like <laughs> let's do another track. <laughs> like if, you can just like, you know, Keep playlist it and it's fantastic. Yeah. I hate it, but it's really convenient. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nice
0: with um, the with the conversion to did everything mostly being digital now and with the internet and everything and you being the first step for a lot of bands social media is a huge part of how people present themselves yeah do you find that is maybe like a big thing that amateurs get wrong is their presence online or their presence
1: i don't really know reality? much about that sort of stuff like i'm not great at promoting myself via social media i like kind of hate social media i have to use it right for my you know for what i do but man do i i just i can't stand it i use it all the time and i you know i sound like a hypocrite because i'm like oh i hate it like as i'm scrolling through instagram like "Mm, let me like this yeah i i'm not very good at at the instagram stuff and uh i don't really want to be either because i i feel like it's sort of like there's too much pressure on that like people should pay more attention to to your music you know it shouldn't be like your your Instagram. And sometimes that can like hinder your music. Yeah. Like, I there's an artist, um can't think of their name, but uh it's like their their Instagram is like so on brand and it's so fucking good. And the aesthetic in the pictures is just fantastic. And it's just so it's so good. It is like the one of the best Instagram profiles ever. But this person spend so Uh, much
0: time on that
1: spend so much time on that that I feel like their music isn't as good Mm. because you know I saw them live and I was like shit like this
0: isn't coming like this isn't
1: like like your Instagram profile makes me believe that your music is going to be this when it's this and it's just not that good you know yeah and so that's like that's a big thing I think it can sometimes like overtake what's really important like promoting yourself as a musician but you're more of an instagram influencer than yeah than you are a musician at this point and so i think uh i think it's cool and i think that instagram is a great tool to promote uh it's really easy to like let people know about shows and talk about your new release and, and stuff it's really interesting and, and people can connect with you in a really like sort of intimate excuse me intimate way without like having a conversation with you yeah. but on the other hand it kind of takes away from the music a little bit i think and that's that's what's most important. So,
0: Is that where sort of the bit came from? Like, that's so on brand of you. That's so on How brand. How very on How brand. How very on
1: brand. Well, <laughs> creating <laughs> a brand is like a really important thing with, with music and stuff today. It's just part of the business today. It sucks. But um, like if I post a picture of me wearing a Cadillac hat with a Topo Chico, wearing Doc Martens... <laughs> And a shirt with the neck cut off, that's very on-brand.
0: That's so on-brand. That's so
1: on-brand. If I post a picture listening to Big Thief driving my (laughs) Volkswagen Golf in Deep Ellum, that's very on-brand. Oh, yeah. You know? It's just, like, (laughs) making something recognizable about yourself and then just kind of, like, always doing that, you know? Yeah. And so...
0: You get kinda of sick of it after a while. Oh man. For sure.
1: I like change. I love to change up shit. I love I love the idea of changing shit up, like trying new things the brand. and yeah, change. Or like the you brand. wearing the
0: Volkswagen hat right now. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> worn this
1: hat in like six months. But I'm gonna start wearing it now. <laughs> I think it's always good to change up. I I I really get bummed out with the social aspect or the social media aspect of, of the business in this day. It's just, you know.
0: It's hard to to dig it.
1: Yeah. No. It's difficult. For sure.
0: It makes it easier maybe to connect with other bands and things, but yeah. um, I don't know if it does more harm than good. I guess time will tell.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: As far as maybe the internet goes, do you... F- the internet. The internet. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier. I was like, we're going to get into the internet. <laughs> Just a whisper. Perfect. So as far as the internet goes, how do you find... Musicians are needing to make money now because before you could you would, you'd be finding albums. Do you think it's all about touring for sure?
1: Oh, completely. Because um, you can't
0: really sell records.
1: I mean, you can sell records. People buy people buy vinyl. You know, vinyl. That's but, literal but, records. But you literally have to make so much money in order to to press mm. vinyl, and then you have to have a big enough of, of a market to sell the vinyl, and so getting to that point, yeah, it's like really hard.
0: When a band like Sympathy Wizard released um those seven, seven inches. inches i was i was down to buy one but i just i don't know what goes into that it seems like a very expensive process
1: it is yeah the, the lathe cut vinyl i've done a few and it's it's expensive it's like 40 bucks for record i mean it's Ugh. i mean for that's for 12 inch for seven inches probably like 20 bucks for record but still it's like and they're
0: not selling it for that
1: yeah what are they selling it for Like
0: 15 i think
1: oh that makes sense same as it's, shirts making money is is hard it's a really hard thing to do um I don't make a lot of money playing shows. Um I don't make make a lot of money from recording my records either. I do it on no budget cuz I you know I do it in, in my studio and yeah. usually mostly by myself, which is super nice. You can do whatever um, you want. Yeah, I can do whatever I want, but yeah, it it'd be nice to make money, but I've, it's it's really hard, uh, especially with Spotify and stuff. It's like you get a fourth of a cent every play. I think Peter Frampton was talking about like um one of his songs got like 72 million plays and he made like four four grand from it or something. Oh my God. And it's like, that's insane. And musicians only got like 12% of like all the money made in music in like 2017. Jesus. It's, it's a really bad thing, but enough people, I feel like in in like 2018, enough people are like, caring about it now that i think things are going to change i really hope
0: at least on the local scene on the local yeah because i for sure try to buy my friends albums and i know yeah, my friends try to buy my friends well albums that's so and that's shows.
1: very nice of you because i i'm the kind of person that if my friend wants to listen to my music i'm just going to give them a tape or i'm going to give them like a free copy because they're my friend and you know they're supporting me in other ways that help me make the, these songs you know i'm really bad about like giving my stuff away for free because yeah. I, I just feel like Maybe not that I should, but like I want to. Like I, well, I also
0: find like if I buy it on Bandcamp, they're not getting a huge percentage of that, so I'd much rather just buy my friend coffee and be like, Hey, I love the record. Exactly,
1: yeah. That's and then give my friend the record for free just because. But Oh, excuse me, sorry.
0: No, you're good. You had a busy oh. night.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you always are so busy.
1: That's yeah. That's that's my life.
0: This kid like he <laughs> is the Biggest perfectionist I think I've ever met outside of someone with maybe OCD. Really? Yes. I've heard, especially stories from, like, Scarlett, <laughs> from Paul Johnson, that you will sit and roll over a track for ages, and not that you're not doing anything with it, but I feel like you're the type to end up on the floor, kind of fetal position, rocking, like, it's not good enough. I just thought, okay. scratch. Okay, <laughs> that's,
1: like, exactly what's happened. <laughs> oh,
0: no. I was hoping I wasn't right. No,
1: yeah, that's that's happened a few times. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm like. I'm pretty hard on myself. Uh, I don't. It's not that I strive for perfection, but I definitely like. There's a certain tier of quality that I really want to reach, and yeah. it's it's hard uh, when I can't reach it. And I'm gonna do everything I can to reach it. And, and if I make a s- mistake in like the tracking, and then we go to mixing, I'm like, fuck! I'm like, we gotta redo it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's. It, I just. I've learned that it's like best not to cut corners even if it's so much harder to not cut corners you should always not cut corners because it's like man I, I've I've done some recordings for bands where I've like just kind of like cut corners in certain places and just like been like that's ah, fine and every time I listen I'm like god damn it like that like, that snare the drum is too loud in the second line of the second chorus <laughs> fuck and it's that sort of stuff that, like, is going to drive me insane. And it's, like, I knew that when I was mixing. But I was, like, that's ah, probably fine. And then, and then it never is. It, it's never fine. I learned that very early on, too. And I've, like, you know, when I would make my very first recordings with bands when I was, you know, two, two, three years ago or something. And I would listen back when, you know, it was on band camp or something and be, like, God damn it. Like, that sucks. Like, I can't believe I let that slip. Yeah. And I I just learned that early on that, like, you can't do that.
0: No, yeah. yeah, I find kind of the same thing with film editing. Yeah, because they're my projects, so when I f- fuck up, it's on me. It's like, oh, that sucks. It's out there now. I can't repost it. Yeah. But there's times when I've played shit back, and I just I can't like Scarlett's music video. What you need? I cannot watch it anymore. I just keep finding mistakes. No one else will find. Yeah. But no. I, I, am lo- like, shit, oh, it's no too one's too gonna grainy. care
1: about. Yeah, exactly. Shit that no one's gonna be like, oh look at that. Look you the lighting
0: slightly off to the left. Yeah.
1: No, it, no one's gonna give a shit. No
0: one's gonna care. And even with, um, when I videoed Home Shake, like, there are certain areas where, like, a camera died and I had to fill it in with footage that I thought was going to be filled in from the other camera. Or, like, I, the second she posted it, I went back and watched it, I was like, fuck, I should have put crossfades on all those clips. Hey, man. God damn it.
1: It's, we, it's, like, it's part of it, I think. It's like, part
0: of the process. I feel
1: like you have to fuck up a few times to, like, really learn oh, yeah. what you're doing. Like, I've definitely had some failures as a producer and as a songwriter. I've definitely, like put some stuff out there that is just bad. And I listened to it now and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. There was a band that came in and uh there was a miscommunication. Well, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> the band came in and the drummer's mother came. With them? Yeah. And it was like oh. this, maybe like 14 year old girl, or 15 year old girl. Nah, she couldn't have been to that. Yet. She was probably 16. And uh came in, I had like incense burning in the studio and like, My girlfriend at the time was over, like we were making breakfast together and um, she like walks in and she's like, so is this it? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, this is where the magic happens. She goes, it's interesting. (laughs) I was like, this is not going to be a fun session. Uh, And so the next day I was working at Redwood, which is the studio I work at in Denton. um, And like I get a call from Michael, who uh, is the bass player in that band michael if you're listening i love you um <laughs> great great kid amazing person a great sound engineer too he's gonna do amazing things anyways um so michael called me he's like dude Emery's mom said that she can't uh, play drums that she can't come to the session tomorrow and i was like oh my god and he's like would you be willing to play drums i was like sure so i learned like five songs in a day and we tracked the whole thing in a day and um uh,
0: just not yeah, sound. Yeah, just
1: not not what you want. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a miscommunication about mastering the record. <laughs> and um, huh. so they I thought that they said they were going to do it through Lander. And I, I don't know, because they said we never said that. And I'm like, I swear to God, you guys said you were going to master it through Lander. Because we never talked about mastering. You know, it was like you're going to mix it up. and then send it to us. It was never brought up. And so I was like, oh, okay, they're just going to master it through Lander. And uh, then they uploaded it unmastered. And so what's oh, up there God. is an unmastered version of that album. And, like, I was listening to it, and I'm like, this sounds really puny. I'm like, man, this is weird. Puny. Yeah, it's like, this sounds really thin and, like, just, like, like a rough mix. I'm like, this sounds really weird. And then they were like, hey, man, so did you master it? And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and they're like, Oh. Cause we thought you did. I was like, oh no. Mm. But um,
0: contracts.
1: Yeah, man. It's it's uh, sometimes you'll have those moments where it's like, oh, like com- total miscommunication. I've had bands that are like, oh, so we coming today? I'm like, what do you mean? Like what? They're like, we're on our way. I'm like, what do you mean you're on your way? Like, I'm not. We not, ne- a, I'm we not at talked to. It- yeah, we never talked about this. They're like, oh well, we talked about like doing a Friday. I'm like, yeah, but we never specified a date. You can't it's, just
0: come on any Friday.
1: Yeah, it it was sort of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we kind of talked about maybe do next Friday, so we're yeah, we'll be there. I'm like, we never set that in stone, guys. And then I'll always end up being like, yeah, come over fine. Yeah, we'll it's fine, yeah whatever. I'll make it. I I love doing this, so it's like ah, fine. I'll I'll work today.
0: I guess. But I I guess if <laughs> I have to
1: like record your band and do like what I love more than anything, fine.
0: Yeah, I assume that happens. I I think especially speaking with musicians, that happens kind of a lot. It's happened to me a couple of times, especially even just about like going to a party or hanging out. You assume just, one thing just, you yeah. have to be very clear. And they're like, why aren't you, why are you spent like, what time? What do you mean? What time, what time do these usually start? Like, no, I'm just trying to, I just want to make sure because if we're <laughs> not all on board. Yeah. This is, I'm going to look real stupid yeah. showing up to a party at 6 PM. At
1: 6 PM. Yeah. Now that, that assumption is, is not good. I, I've learned that it's, like, it's probably best just to, like, not assume things. Just just be certain. Don't assume. Just be certain.
0: What do they say? What, um, assumptions make an ass out of you and yes. me?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That That's, that's always true. Uh, th- th- we went on a – Asakurso went on, like, a little, like, tour. Uh, we went out to Oklahoma to play a show. And, was uh, that when
0: you guys went up with the bralettes?
1: No. This was this was years ago. This was, like, a year and a half ago probably. Ooh. So we drove, like, four hours to Oklahoma. Um I'd like gotten a speeding ticket the night before, like just like Sick. not not in a very good mood. <laughs> like oh yeah, also like had a big like cut on my face because a pair of blinds fell from like the ceiling and hit my cheek and like I was like gushing blood. I had to like Ugh. go get a stitch and everything. It was a really bad night, so I was driving home speeding to get my Signa card so I could go to like an ER and just like pressing like a like a bandage like up on my face, like driving with one hand, <laughs> speeding down three seventy seven and this dude pulls me over. And I'm like, sir, I have to go home to get my medical card because I don't live here. I live in Arlington right now. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look at this cut. It won't stop bleeding. He's like, yeah, you were speeding. He like, wrote me a ticket. Ugh. And I was like, you you suck.
0: You absolute dickbag. Like,
1: that is the, like, holy shit. Like, I, I am, like, losing blood here.
0: <laughs> well, at a lot of police stations, all you need is a GED and to pass the, the police course. And you're good. And I find a lot of those guys that I've run into. <laughs> and I say this with family members that are in. That have been in the police force. Rick, Papa Rick, if you're listening, this is not about (laughs) you. But a lot of the guys in Frisco and in Dallas, they were the kids in high school that got made fun of, got picked on them. They want to leg up on the universe. Really? Yeah, I, especially in Frisco, they're they're like the big, thick necked white dudes oh, that are bald, and they're like, Jesus. "Well, you were speeding," and then you can tell maybe you reminded them of a girl that they liked in high school that never gave them the time yeah, of day, or
1: like you and have they, a you have a Bernie Sanders twenty twenty sticker on oh, your car, yeah. and you're driving through Argyle.
0: They don't like the evolution sticker, or the Waterloo <laughs> Records sticker, or the WFMU yeah, the, sticker. the coexist sticker. The, yeah. Oh God.
1: For whatever reason, it's it's the long hair.
0: It's it's the long hair. It's
1: the long hair. It's the, the Bernie stickers.
0: <laughs> Maybe the X's on your hands yeah, from the night yeah, before. Yeah, Skinny's that's... always got X's on the back of his hand.
1: All, one more month. One, one more, more month. fucking month and then that will not be a reality. Then I'll have wristbands all the time.
0: What's your... This is going to be stupid. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Libra. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a Scorpio.
1: Are we compatible in any way? I don't know. I have no idea i know i'm really compatible with emily miller
0: really what is yes. she
1: ah fuck i don't remember but like we were at this party one time and this girl was like telling us about our science she's like you guys are like really compatible we're like
0: oh cool do you have the this is not sponsored Do you have the co-star app
1: it was co-star i love yeah. that app we, we were I had on all my CoStar. friends i buy
0: mom on it
1: <laughs> yeah me and emily were like cool it's like let's we our friends it's awesome <laughs>
0: Sometimes, so. like, I, I'm usually not compatible with Tauruses, but one of my best friends, Maddie Thaley, she's a Taurus. Yeah. And, like, Leos I'm not supposed to get along with, but lately I've been getting along with Leos. I know. You never know. But yeah. I'm, like, the most Scorpio a Scorpio could get. Born on Halloween. Oh,
1: my God. At
0: exactly 4.20 p.m. I tell everyone no. this story. No, no. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm so not crazy. fucking with you. I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. I was born at <laughs> exactly 4.20 p.m. Damn. It's on my birth certificate.
1: That's amazing. And my
0: brother was born at almost exactly 420 a.m. Really? A year and a half later. That's a weird dude. I don't know how much you've heard about my brother. Not much. Yeah. Not much. He's a he's an interesting guy.
1: Your family seems like an enigma. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right.
0: Yeah. yeah, very different than I am. But that's part of that's what made me who I am. Yeah, me and my know?
1: sister are, like could not be more different.
0: Your sister's in Denver now, right?
1: Denver. Just moved to Denver. She's going to school there.
0: Was she ever interested in music? What is she doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, she was interested in music. Um, we sort of, like, I don't know, we, we just were on co- constantly on different wavelengths. And also, uh, she, like, had a lot of, like, mental issues as a young child. She used to identify as a as a male and now identifies as a female. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of, like, internal turmoil in her growing up, being a boy, and not just being so confused and so insecure and having, yep. you know... Um, what is that word? Um, Uh, dysphoria, body dysphoria. dysphoria. Um, uh, so it, we we just kind of like run different wavelengths because I knew exactly who I was and who I wanted to do, and I was so you know secure in myself at a very young age, and I don't think she ever felt that. Yeah. And so. She was really into games and like gaming and stuff at an early age. And I was always into music. And she got into music uh, in like junior high school. She started playing trumpet and then moved to French horn and then started playing piano and bass and guitar. And and she's made a few like noise albums. She's like into really weird like noise music. Which is so sick. Like
0: that's so cool. She like
1: put an EP up on Bandcamp and like I heard about it. I was like, what? What do like, you? This mean? is so cool. It was <laughs> like a bunch of like drones and stuff. I was like, this is so out there. Like this is incredible. So good. But um, she's doing like uh, I don't. It's like biochem, but it's not just biochem. It's like um, finding how like psilocybin and other uh, hallucinogenic properties like can be used to treat depression. And just used and as some sort of medicine. Yeah, exactly. That's used cool in some sort of, like, medical sense to, like, treat people.
0: Does she do it mostly through um, research or more of, like, a pharmacological I,
1: I really don't self- know. I don't, I don't think she knows yet. I mean, she's definitely, like, done some stuff. And, like, we've talked about it and I've been like, just be safe, please. <laughs> I feel like your
0: sibling's always the first one to.
1: It's definitely, like, one of those things where it was like, you done this? Like, oh, me too. What was your experience like? And it's like. <laughs> man, this is weird. (laughs) Like, holy shit. (laughs) So awkward. This is so strange. But, um, yeah, she's, she's kicking ass in Denver right now. So, but, uh, yeah, growing up, it was a, it was a weird, weird vibe. But she, once she, like, came out and, uh, went to, like, this, like, therapy and went to rehab and stuff and, and did all this sort of stuff, like, she came out, like, a really confident person and she met trans people that are just like her. Incredible. And, uh, that you know, my my family is very supportive of it. We were supportive the day we found out. You know, it's always like really hard. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's really hard when it's like your family. Yeah. Cause like my, you know, I have friends that are trans, of course, and like yeah. I'm like, you be you. But when it's like your, it's like your little brother, that's like, I'm a woman now. It's like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Are you sure? Like, oh no, this is just a phase. You know.
0: It's hard to accept.
1: It's so, and I, cause I'm like so open about that like, like be you and yeah. even like I was like I don't know I don't I don't think so and then like <laughs> and then like after a little bit of time like you know of course I I, you know gave in and was like oh of course you know and I always supported, but it was definitely like I was just so confused and it, it you know it's, it's very selfish and I'm like kind of ashamed of it but it's it's really hard when it's like you're that close to it you know oh, for sure and it's it's a totally different thing. Like I was not expecting that. I knew that uh, when Connie was Connor, I knew that Connor was gay. And then we were just talking one time, and she was like, "How socially liberal are you?" And I was like, "Pretty damn pretty socially damn, liberal. Yeah. Like I'm pretty open to most things, you know, within reason." And she was like, "Well, uh, you know I'm gay, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, I think I might be trans too." And I was like, Okay. It was like holy shit. That's a that's a big statement.
0: That's a lot, yeah. Yeah,
1: but um she's never been happier, so it's like There you go. Yeah. Family support. Most most of the family supportive. We've had a few people that are, you know, not so. Yeah. Open. But y- you can't help it. I mean, it, right. they just don't understand it. It's hard it's hard to understand. You can't understand. You can't it. understand this was not an open thing. Yeah, this wasn't like a widely accepted thing when they were going through it. Everyone's, you know, everyone's done this sort of thing forever. Yeah. But it just hasn't been like broadcasted as much as much as much as it is now. Right. So it's it's hard for some people to like understand.
0: And now it makes it less of a this is the person that I know and more of a political issue. Yeah. It's like oh, if I support this person that I know, then, then I I'm su- on this side.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. But it doesn't have to it be. Really it shouldn't have be, be. And it no. wasn't before.
0: No, for sure. Just this is who the person is. You know. Yeah. Well, good. Anything um, else?
1: We go. I, I feel like we've like scratched the surface. We scratched
0: the surface of pretty much everything. Yeah. I don't know, do you wanna promote something specific or
1: <laughs> um yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking to record some, some tunes and uh you want someone to do it, I might be your guy. Um I work at Redwood Recording Studio in Denton and Idiots Hill, right off of university uh that's like a really good facility McKinsey and Joy from midlake and st vincent Follow john misty and el king and erica winnerstrom and blah, blah 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 they own it i'm very lucky to be their engineer i also do stuff out of my house uh not as much of a facility as it is just sort of like <laughs> a pad to like chill and record some stuff uh but i've got a new record coming out pretty soon uh september 7th or 8th i don't know when it's gonna be out but like just like a couple of songs solo uh yeah check it out
0: where can they where can they find you online you can find whatnot.
1: me to see on, your on brand content yeah on instagram <laughs> at yeah so it's skinny s-k-i-n-n-y p-i-c-s-s skinny pics
0: at skinny Picks on Instagram, and you can find this podcast at the McMakin Show on every social media and on Patreon, and I'll link all of Ian's stuff on whatever I end up posting for this. Sick. Is that? Are you good? I'm good. All right, I'm good too. Thank you so much for letting me come here yeah, and record this, this and for being my first guest. Been a treat. Yeah, truly. So, mm-hmm. all right.
1: Cool. S- thanks. S- thanks, y'all. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>